Good morning. Go ahead and have a seat. I want to say thanks for coming this morning uh, and welcome. And I know that uh, sometimes when there's snow on the ground, it's a challenge to want to get out there and clean your car and drive on streets as you're not going to be sure of their safety. So uh, thanks for coming. Uh, and I also think that there's a, or there's a design and a, and a sovereignty to you guys being here uh, this morning. And uh, I my, my prayer is that we would, uh, we would sense that and, and it would get beyond just a Sunday morning ritual that happens for us um, and into the fact that God has ordained us to be here to speak to our lives. So I, I want to kind of lay that weight this morning um, and, and tell a bit of a, of a story. Uh, when I we're kind of in the, in the middle of our series on, on prayer, and it's, it's going to go a little bit longer than we had anticipated. We thought it would just be January. We're going to go through February as well. But the first message that we talked about in January about prayer, one of the things that I said was it, prayer underlines our need. If we, if we didn't have a need outside of us, there would be no need to pray, right? Do you, do you understand how that works? That, that God has something that we need, we're aware of that, we're aware that he has it, and we go to him in prayer desiring to receive. And not just that, that we are in need, but that God is in plenty of what we're in need of. You follow that? And so that, that notion is kind of what we're going to end this morning, but it was where I began my day. Uh, I woke up and like, I apologize to those who love snow. I hate it. There's no need for it. It's useless in every way. <laughs> but I, 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 I fully appreciate the fact that that's a preference of mine, so I cast no clouds or dispersion upon you if you are wrong in thinking that you like snow. Uh, appreciate that, Kyle. Um, so I, I, I'm... I'm kind of being funny, but I'm, I'm, I'm being literal. I, I, I just don't like snow. I have to wake up and I, I, I go outside and clean the car. And like, so I, this morning I wake up, get out of bed, and I don't know that it snowed. I'm, you know, there's supposed to be like a dusting, right? And there's four inches on the ground. And so that's like a shock to me. And then I walk outside, or I walk to the window, and I see that there's a lot of snow out there. And so my, re- my response is, I got to go pick up Cooper. He spent the night at a birthday party last night, so I got to I got to go pick him up. So I got to get moving quickly. I only have enough time to, you know, get in the shower and get ready like I normally do. And I, now I've got to go clean up the car. So I'm angry. And looking around for my coat, my winter coat, my like snow coat, and I can't. It's not where it's supposed to be. Oh, there might be another spot. Let me go check. It's not there either. Turns out it, it Jenna just washed it, and it was like in the bottom of a of a clothes basket in in the basement and whatever. It took me like eight minutes to find it. And then uh, I couldn't find my gloves either. And so I go to this like, everybody, I think every house has this grab bag of old gloves and stuff, right? I found like six right gloves and no left gloves um, after having spent eight minutes looking for my coat. So I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm out of time. And, and if you know me, I like when I'm late for something, it just drives me crazy. And especially late to come and prepare to, to, to preach and whatever. 
So I'm outside with no gloves on and like a coat and it's just not right. And so I'm, I'm traipsing back to my, to my new shed and like trying to find the shovel and the broom to clean the cars off. And like I get everything done and realize I haven't cleaned the car off. I've like shoveled the driveway and stuff. And so, you know, when you have to clean the car off, snow goes onto the, right back onto where you just cleared, right? So that's frustrating even more. And I, I get, and I come back inside and like, um, I'm angry and have really cold hands and, uh, you know, respond like you would think I would respond to my children and my wife that are in my house. And uh, go and I get in the shower and I'm just like hit with this. I need God so bad. I'm a broken and awful, wretched, putrid man. And I'm in great need of who he is. And I'm fully aware of that. And, and the story about the snow is, is silly and missing gloves, and we relate to that. But what, what that does is shed light on the fact that I need God. And I have no ability inside of me to act lovingly towards my wife or to my children or to you. People that I'm devoted to. I need the Lord. And so as we press into this idea of prayer, I want to remind us, wherever you find yourself this morning, with a happy face on, with a pretty disposition, or with an ugly disposition, you need God. In some point today, you're going to be aware of that need. And you might recognize that, or you might not. But I want to press us into this idea that at some point today, we are going to be aware of our own grotesqueness inside of our hearts, something that we don't want to be like and don't want to be. And I want to encourage you to, to press into God with that need. And the gift that God has given us, the vehicle that God has given us to press into that need is something called prayer. I want to talk about that this morning, what it means to be devoted to prayer. If I said devoted to you, here comes the interactive part. I'm going to ask a question that's not rhetorical. Are you ready? What, do you, what words jump in your mind when I say devoted? Olivia Newton-John? What, what words jump in your mind when I say devoted? Single-minded, committed. Don't give up. Discipline, that's good. What? Loyal, good. Passion. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are all wonderful words that help us remind us thinking about this idea of what it means to be devoted to something. And so I, I want to spend a, a few minutes this morning thinking about devoted and then look at some scripture about devoted and then try and figure out what it looks like for us to have a life devoted to prayer. Um, for me, when I think of devoted, I was kind of thinking about this this week. Um, a DVR priority list. You guys familiar with what that is? A DVR priority list? Like, it records the things, and if, like, the thing that's number four and the thing that's number one come on at the same time, it's going to record number one, right? And then if you have children who know how to work the, the DVR remote, they, like, put their stuff up there, so you wind up with, like, 75 episodes of Full House on your DVR. 
Um, it's a true story. Ever tried to delete 75 things one at a time, and then you realize, oh wait, there's a button to delete them all after you spent 10 minutes de- deleting 75? But so, so what this, this notion, and it, it's silly, but it reminds us of what we are devoted to, the thing that, that we are that we want to partake of the most. Our, our DVR priority list shows us which shows we're devoted to and which ones we aren't, right? Um, I am, for me, my devotion tends to move towards people, towards relationships. And in, in my, my life, there's, there's three things, three groups of people, one person and groups of people that I'm really devoted to. My wife, I'm devoted to more than anyone. Then my children are next. And then my church. So I'm really devoted to those three things. My wife, my kids, and my church. Devotion is here. And so I'm, I'm thinking this week about what that means, what that looks like for me. And it means I'm devoted to them because I, I love them very much. I love them very much. And so I'm devoted to them. So that my love informs and speaks my devotion. You follow? So they sit high on my priority list. You are part of this church, and so I am devoted to you. I love you. You sit high on my priority list. And the next thing, we're kind of stepping here. The next step is I will sacrifice other things in order to serve those that I'm devoted to. I'll sacrifice other things in order to serve that I'm devoted to. And see, try and put aside the fact that we're going to this idea of being devoted to prayer and just kind of think about this word devotion. Allow your mind to kind of graze in places of, of what you're devoted to and try and think, begin to think about the things you're devoted to and how that changes you. For me, my heart gravitates towards relationships and people. So I'm devoted to people real easy, a lot more easily than I'm devoted to things or, or stuff. All right? And so I will sacrifice other things, other people, in order to be, to serve the things that I'm devoted to. Um, my phone. You guys have an iPhone? There's a, there's a setting on there that you can put someone in favorites. And, like, you can put a do not disturb on your phone. But if somebody, one of your favorites calls, the call comes through. Jen is the only one on my favorites list. So if any of you call when my phone is on do not disturb, like, at 2 in the morning, it's, it's not going to ring. But if Jen calls me at 2 in the morning, it is going to ring. That's devotion for me. You follow that? What, where that's devotion, how that's devotion? Um, I'll say no to other things in order to serve them. And then the last thing is idle moments are given to them. The things that I'm devoted to, idle moments are given to them. If I'm sitting down, driving in my car on the way to work, 30-minute drive every day, to and from work, my, the things that I'm devoted to are the things that are going to be in my mind in idle moments, my wife, my kids, my church. So this is what defines how we can determine the things that we are devoted to. Uh, let's kind of transfer this into the Bible. The Greek word for devoted, it, it appears, this word devoted appears ten times in Scripture, and five of the ten times that it appears in Scripture, it is talking about prayer, the being devoted to prayer. And it's this Greek word proskaterio. Proskaterio. And it's a compound word that comes uh, with the word pros and criterio. But let's see what this word means. First, to adhere to one, to be devoted 
or constant to one. To be steadfastly attentive unto, to give unremitting care to a thing, to continue all the time in a place. What it means to be devoted is to continue all the time in a place, to persevere and not faint, to not grow weary or tired of something. And then the last one, to be, const- to be in constant readiness for one, to wait on constantly, to be in constant readiness for one. For me, reading this definition and thinking about it, am I in constant readiness to pray? When I was outside shoveling my driveway this morning with no gloves, freezing cold, knowing I was going to be late, I was in no way ready to pray. I was not in constant readiness to pray. Okay, so what does, what is this compound word, pros and carterio? Pros is a preposition that means near or against. It it gives specificity to whatever it is in front of. It's, it's a prefix. So whatever this word pros is in front of, it is giving nearness to that or weight to that. It shows the direction and the weight of whatever word is coming behind it. The word that comes behind it in this case is criteria, which means to be steadfast. So to be devoted to something is this word proskaterios, to give weight and direction to our steadfastness. Zoom, I'm going really fast here, so, but I, I want us to, to connect with this. Proskaterio, to be devoted to something, gives weight and direction to our steadfastness. I have a devotion to my wife. It's weight and its direction to my steadfastness to her and to her needs. I have a devotion to my children. It gives weight and direction to my steadfastness to provision for them and for their needs. And the same applies to this church. I have devotion to you. When I say church, I don't mean people in 660 Charbonnier and a name on a website. I mean you. I mean Stephanie and Ben and Mike and Jeff and Jessica and Kyle. That's when I, I have devotion to you. And that devotion brings weight and direction to my steadfastness to care for you, to shepherd and pastor you. This is what it means to be devoted to something. I spent intentionally a lot of time trying to bang this notion of what it means to be devoted into our heads so that we can have a working knowledge. When I say devoted, I don't want anything to be confused about what I'm talking about. This weight and direction to our steadfastness. It's used ten times in Scripture, five of them talking about prayer. The first time it appears in Scripture is in Mark chapter 3, verse 9. It's not about prayer, but it gives us a good understanding of what it means to be devoted to something. Jesus says this. He told his disciples to have a boat ready. And that word ready is our proskaterios word. 
All right? Proskuterio. It, we have a boat set aside for the purpose of some particular purpose. He told the disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. So here's the picture. Jesus on a shore, water behind him, boat behind him, a bunch of people gathered around pressing in to hear. There's no microphone, so they want to get as close as they can so they can hear the words that are coming out of his mouth. You follow that? So he says to his disciples before he stands up to teach, to talk to these people, get a boat ready so that if people really press in and are going to crush us, let's get in the boat and go away. So we have to have a boat dedicated, devoted, ready for us. It has weight and direction to its steadfastness, to be ready to provide, to fulfill, to do its job. This is what it means to be devoted. That boat is devoted. And if it's not there or not ready for its task, Jesus is going to get crushed or get pushed into the water, and it's not going to be pretty. Boats, however, just sit there. People are not dedicated in the way that a boat is dedicated. How are people devoted? Acts 1, 14. These, all these verses are going to be up on the Scripture. We're going to jump around to five different verses, talk about the five different verses that are related to prayer. Acts 1, 14. This is Jesus after the ascension of of Jesus while the disciples were waiting in Jerusalem for the outpouring of the Spirit, okay? Jesus dies, he resurrects, he talks to his disciples, and then he ascends, he goes back up into heaven, leaving the disciples for themselves. Before he goes, he said, the Holy Spirit is going to come and guide you. It's going to be, be in you all the time, and it's going to guide you. So he goes back up into heaven, here are the disciples waiting around in Jerusalem where Jesus had died and resurrected and shown himself to them, and now they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. All right? That's what's going on in Acts 1.14. This is what it says. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves, giving weight and direction to their steadfastness to prayer. They were devoting themselves to prayer, together with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Just a few people devoting themselves to prayer. Acts 2.42 The church has just begun. The Holy Spirit has come. Pentecost has happened where the Spirit comes and about 5,000 people confess belief in Jesus and and all this stuff is going on and this craziness is happening and the church at its infancy is beginning to be built. The first 5,000 people who are going to be called Christians or disciples are gathered together in one place. The church is beginning to form. And this is what it says about this beginning to form church. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves, they gave weight and direction to their steadfastness towards these things. The apostles' teaching, in other words, open up the scriptures and teach us what God says to you. They give weight and direction to the steadfastness with which they, they paid attention to the teaching of the disciples and the apostles. They also gave it to fellowship, and fellowship isn't what we're going to do at 5 o'clock tonight and we eat too much food and watch football. That's not fellowship. Fellowship is, is being devoted to one another, relating to one another, connecting relationally with each other. This is fellowship, and they devoted themselves to it in the early church. Like last week, the church did not exist. This week, the church exists. So let's devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship 
and the breaking of bread, just being together. And then the last thing they're devoted to is prayer. Devoting themselves to prayer. Giving themselves wholly over to it because they, they sense the need for it. A week ago, we didn't exist as a group. This week, we do. We have to give ourselves over to prayer. We have to give weight and direction to our steadfastness. Can you tell them saying that over and over again? I want to pound it into our heads what it means to be devoted. Acts 6 4. Acts 6, what's happening in Acts 6 is there's way too many people happening. There's 12 disciples, and they're the ones teaching the church, and there's literally tens of thousands of people that have come to faith that these 12 guys are trying to lead and shepherd. And what it means to lead and shepherd is to, to do everything in the church. And so they, what, they created this office called deacons. The deacons were going to lead out in serving the particular needs of the church so that the apostles, so that the, the pastors, the shepherds, could do what they were assigned to do. They didn't have to set up tables for 12,000 people. They didn't have to make sure that everyone got enough food, the, especially the, the widows and the orphans. They didn't need to make sure. They were devoting themselves, as it says in Acts 6-4, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. In other words, just, just preaching. So they wanted to, to, be, to have weight and direction to their steadfastness of what God had called them to do. And that is to pray and to preach. Nothing else. Romans 12, 12. Romans 12 is instruction for the church and marks of the Christian. It says this, rejoice in hope. Again, let me give a little bit more backstory here. These are instructions for the church and marks of the Christian. We're in a church. We're part of a church. These are instructions to us, right? And the, we're, we're followers of Christ. These are marks of us, right? One, we rejoice in hope. We get excited and content and happy about this idea of hope, that there's something bigger and better that we're waiting for. Secondly, be patient in tribulation. When stuff happens to us, understand that God is in control and he's shaping and guiding us to get us to where we need to be. Patient in tribulation. And then the last thing, be constant in prayer. Wait a second, Rick. We're talking about being devoted. That's the same word, the same Greek word, proskaterio. It's defined here as constant, which brings a completely different notion to our minds about what being devoted is. The things that we're devoted to, we do constantly. All the time, every day, multiple times a day. And I've said this every time in, in our series of prayer. Prayer isn't always me on my knees with my eyes closed and my head bowed saying, dear God, and then some stuff, and amen. Prayer is, is way different than that, way more than that. And when we're constant in prayer, our eyes can be open. We can be walking around. We can be even having a conversation with someone and in prayer. Constant in prayer is the instruction for the church and the mark of the Christian. The last one, as it applies to prayer for our word, proskaterio, Col Colossians 4, 2. 
Colossians is Paul's instructions to the church. He says, continue steadfastly. That's our word proskaterio, our word devoted. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Here's the one who is devoted and constant and steadfast in prayer. Their mind is open to what's happening, to what's going on. So that when events happen, we don't get consumed by that event. We see that God is moving and shaping. And, and for me, in my mind, I'm, my, my brain is, is lit up by this notion that this morning, without gloves on, shoveling my driveway, a, a mind not devoted to prayer, not, and I don't want to set myself up on a, on a pedestal saying, hey, I'm devoted to prayer, act like me. I, I'm, six months ago, there was, there was this no push towards prayer, and I was praying whatever. Sometimes there, there, was, no, there was not a, a devotion to prayer in my heart. Had I not been devoted to prayer, I would have shoveled that driveway, and probably my attitude would have stayed my attitude for a really long time. But it stayed there for like four or five minutes, and I got into the shower, and I was realized, I realized that the depth of my need for who God is. And this is the result of a mind and a spirit and a body and a heart devoted to prayer. This is what we're seeing in Colossians 4. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. As we pray, our eyes are open to the work of God, to the hand of God, to the moving of God, and that God would would cause something like snowfall and the lack of gloves to make me aware of my need for him, to press me to my knees, to articulate that to him, to sing I need you, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. That was my song, literally, my song in the prayer, in the shower this morning. And this is what it means to be devoted to prayer. And this is what we're calling us to be, to be devoted to prayer. And more than just to, to serve this community or build this church, but to connect our hearts to God and to see little things like losing gloves and snowfall to be opportunities for us to seize a beautiful and holy God who wants to make us aware of our need for him and his provision of that need. Man, we got to wake up and see that. I've said I'm devoted to you in prayer. This is my prayer for us. That we would be aware of that simple truth of gospel. Constant in prayer with our minds open to it being watchful of the world in it, and then responding with thanksgiving. John Piper says this, after talking about all of these verses in this word constant and steadfast and proscriterio, so we may say from the New Testament scriptures that the normal Christian life is a life devoted to prayer. Okay, great. We've talked about devoted. We've seen the pictures. What does it mean to be devoted to prayer? A few things. It's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. There are a bunch of things in life about that. It's hard to define a life that's devoted to prayer, but you know it when you see it. You guys can probably see and know of people in your life that are devoted to things. 
maybe even devoted to prayer. Think about somebody in your mind who is devoted to prayer. That's probably easy to do. Bruce Summers pops into my mind immediately. It's Ben's dad. He's devoted to prayer. Some other people in, the, in my life may be devoted to prayer, but I don't, it, it's, sometimes it's hard to see it, right? Second thing, it's not always easy to tell when you are devoted to prayer, but it's easy to tell when you're not. If I hadn't come across Colossians 4, 2, and, and the, where my, my mind was open to, to the hand of God in my prayer, I would have not have, have seen and been able to relate that to the, the truth of that, proving that I was devoted to prayer. However, if my attitude had been cruddy all day long, I would have been able to tell when I wasn't devoted to prayer. Do you see that? Sometimes it's hard to tell when we are devoted to pray to prayer, but it's easy to tell when we're not devoted to prayer. It also means that there will be a pattern of praying that looks like devotion. What does it look like? What does it mean to be devoted to prayer? It means there will be a pattern of praying that looks like devotion. Praying for meals is good, but it's not devotion. Praying when you wake up in the morning is good, but it's not devotion. Praying for a sick friend is good, but it's not devotion. All of those things together in a heart that desires to commune with a holy God. Weight and direction for our steadfastness. That's devotion. What does it mean to be devoted to prayer? It means that there will be a pattern of praying that looks a lot like devotion. Remember what I said about my wife, my children, and my church. This is what it means to be devoted to prayer. I love these things very much. They sit high on my priority list. I will say no to other things in order to serve them. This is what it means to be devoted. I love them. It's high on my, my priority list. I will sacrifice. I'll say no to other things in order to serve them. I will say no to things that I would typically say yes to in order to pray. Does our prayer life look like that? My devotion to my wife looks like that. My devotion to my children looks like that. My devotion to you all looks like that. Does my devotion to prayer look like that? And lastly, idle moments are given to them. What are your idle moments given to? And this is the, like, this is the, the cheesy, cliche pastor thing to say. What are your idle moments given to? Are they given to prayer? If not, feel bad. I don't mean to say that. But I do mean to shed a light on the fact that we're probably not devoted to prayer. It's not to make you feel bad. It's to encourage us to devote ourselves to prayer. Let's get practical as we, as we close this morning. How do you develop a devotion to prayer? So far we've talked about it. We've, we've thought about what it means to be devoted. Let's get practical and understand and try and figure out some ways to become devoted to pray. prayer. First thing, pray. How do you get devoted to pray? You pray. How did I get to be devoted with, with, to my wife? I spend time with her. I fell in love with her. 
This is probably the best way to develop a devotion to prayer. Just do it. Sacrifice to do it. Be consistent in it. Do it the same time every day. Pray. How do you develop a devotion to pray? prayer? You pray. Secondly, and this is something that I don't think we do. Ask God for it. Scripture says you do not have because you do not ask. Could be as simple. You don't have a devotion to prayer because you just haven't said, Dear God, would you give me a devotion to prayer? It sounds stupid, right? God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Ask him for it. The third thing, pray in community. God designed us to be in community. Have, have someone or a group of someones that you pray with and you pray for. How simple is it to send a text? 12 seconds. Send a text. I'm praying for you today. What can I pray for you about? And if you get one of those texts, don't be a punk. Send it back to him. This is what it means to develop this devotion to prayer. Pray in community. Thursday nights, every Thursday night, a group of guys gets together and they pray. You know where that was born? A bunch of guys used to get together on Thursday nights to play ping pong. One of those guys said, you know what we should do? We should pray. So then they played ping pong and then they prayed. And then they prayed and didn't play ping pong. And now they pray. Do you remember me saying at the beginning of this prayer thing, some avenue vehicle of prayer is going to be born inside of one of your spirits and inside of one of your brains and you're just going to talk to one or two or three people and you're going to develop this thing in prayer and then in six years you'll be looking back saying, wow, we prayed almost every Friday at 6 a.m. Pray, pray in community. Gather people. God is birthing this desire, this opportunity for you to pray in community right now. Don't ignore it anymore. Pray in community. Share your journals with each other. I shared with you my journal last week. Two times where I've, I've looked at a particular psalm, Psalm 130. Share your journals with people. What God has shown you might motivate someone to, to seek God for the same thing, and it might change them. Pray in community. Fourth thing, pray the Psalms. Last week, we talked about the resource that they are. They provide you with the revealed heart, character, and personality of God. They give you a rounded perspective of who he is. They help you to commune with God. On that table back there, we still have like 15 or so left, is this booklet to help you learn how to pray the Psalms. And if you pray the Psalms, you will develop a devotion to prayer. You pray, you ask God for it, you pray in community, and God has provided us with this opportunity, this booklet, and 150 psalms to pray the psalms to him, for us to, to develop this sense of devotion to prayer. They're in, on that table right behind you. Grab one, take it with you, engage God with it. And lastly, and absolutely most importantly, the, the way to develop a devotion to prayer is you realize your need. This is me in the shower this morning. Without me realizing my need, without me coming to grips with my sinful nature, my disgusting attitude towards the people that I'm devoted to, 
I do not pray. Without my knowledge of my need, I do not pray. But not just my knowledge of my need, my knowledge of God's ability to provide for that need. If I want, if I'm, I'm hungry, my body needs nutrition, I'm not going to McDonald's. Because I know that that's not going to provide for me. When I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed. I realize I need to sleep, and I realize my bed is a place where I can sleep. Prayer is that. Not just realizing our need, but realizing that God can provide for those needs. We have a need, a burden, a desire for a relationship, a realized hunger inside of us that can only be filled by God. And here's, here's the beautiful part about this. He stands ready, waiting, and willing to provide for your needs. This is the gospel in prayer, people. We could just wake up and see it. Understanding, realizing our need, and going to God is the fulfillment of those needs. This is a life devoted to prayer. Let's pray. Father, I, I come before you this morning. God, I confess my need to prayer. I confess my lack of devotion most of the time. God, I pray that you would teach us all what it means to be devoted and how to be devoted and then give us what we need to be devoted to prayer, God. God, I pray that you would birth opportunities for us to pray in community, God. Lord, I just, I just pray that we would be devoted to you and devoted to prayer. God, I pray for your spirit to dwell among us as we respond to you, Father. Take our mind to holy places that we might dwell upon you and what you want to speak to us this morning. Father, you are worthy of our devotion. God, I pray now that I would get out of the way and allow you to work. God, I give you permission to be God in my heart. And I ask that you would do it to these people as well. It's in Christ's name that I pray.